Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and me. I am my own podcast's biggest fan. And me. I'm Alicia Herter. I'm Tara Kett. Wait, who's the biggest fan? Probably you. Probably me. <laughs> it's like the only thing I'm doing right now. <laughs> it's the only thing I got going for me. Fucking lies. Lies, lies, lies. You know who's our smallest fan? Marcel. Yeah. Because he is so much. He's angry by the end of it. <laughs> He's like, why? <laughs> why do they talk like this? On today's episode, vampire. Oh, wait. No, no, no. <clears throat> <laughs> On today's episode, vampires. Which is in the news and a spell to ward off energy Vampires. <laughs> <laughs> I want to suck your blood. No. Why not? Fucking vampire. Hurts my throat. throw a huge thank you to Tara for doing all of the research. Mine is which is in the news. I got my little bit, but she, she did all of the research. I don't know what this episode is about, <laughs> but I am here for the banter and for the comedy moments. I'm here for the slapstick. Mm-hmm. I'm here to walk on that banana and fall flat on my face. Thank God, because there's a lot of blood in this. OK, good, 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 good. You're welcome. You would do it for me. I know that you would. For sure. For sure. Always. Um, as I have told the close friends list several times, this is, was a very difficult episode for me. <laughs> I did have to message Alicia being like, I don't know if I can finish this. Um, but I did. And that is because I am just like so squeamish. Yeah. I'm a very, very squeamish person. Is there like a, a word for blood you decided we should use instead? I figured that we talk about it at the beginning and if I faint, we can come back again because there's not a ton of blood after the beginning. So okay, you need, good. you baby witch are also squeamish. You just got a few minutes. Don't okay. even worry about it. Something I've seen other podcasts do is sometimes if there's like a tough word, like a lot of people get weird about like the word mucus. Oh, why? Um, it's another word. Like membrane. Like sometimes people get membrane. Like, get weird about certain words where they'll use, they'll be like, okay, from now on this like sound will represent us saying that word and it's just like squishing noises no. <laughs> it's like it's like someone eating a banana right next to a mic or like swirling mac and cheese it's the sound of that like spoon scraping the bottom of the pan ew god uh, uh, nails on chalkboard yes um so if you hear this sound that means that we've said the word blood okay so before we get into that, I do want to tell you about something that happened to me yesterday. Yeah, what happened to you yesterday? Is that I did go to a Renaissance fair. I mean, I mean, your hair looks gorgeous. Thank Is that you. the aftermath? Or did um, you shower No, I today? did shower today. I mean, I don't know. It's got these beautiful, luscious, thank like, you. waves happening right now. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, it's Tressa May. But this is my first Renaissance fair. I'd never been to one. In Brooklyn? In Manhattan? 
It was actually in this place called Tuxedo, New York, where you had to go to Port Authority and pick up a bus and take that bus for like an hour and 10 minutes. What? Up to up and out of we went through New Jersey and then went up to New York this is crazy I would never do this right 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 I was very uncomfortable (laughs) it was very much a situation where I was like I'm uncomfortable but I will do this because I want this experience and also Mike said please please come oh so Mike was the the influencer on this yes so him so this all started because last year (laughs) cut to cut to 2000 (laughs) maybe it wasn't last year because I think that was 2020 yeah cut to 2019 Ooh. okay and it was, I believe it was Kevin Lokovich, comedian Kevin Lokovich, and comedian Charlie, oh God, I think, I forget his last name. Charlie Char, XCX, yeah. And someone else all went to the Renaissance Fair and then did Mushrooms Okay. at the Renaissance Fair. Amazing. And had just the best fucking time. And then they came back and they said, you guys, we went to this extremely magical place. <laughs> it was it was the best experience I've ever had. And so then they invite us all and Kevin Lopkovich uh, takes us, ushers us, creates like this whole spreadsheet about like what we can do and what time there's like demonstrations. There's like a cat and rat show where they do like tricks. What does that mean? It's cats and then also rats doing tricks. What bubonic plague kind of like entertainment is this? There was a lot of, there were like rings of fire. There was a man that did whip tricks. That's actually like fucking tight. It was. And there was like a birds of prey show where they like, you know, they would just like fly, fly around, and like land on someone. Yeah. 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 Little pieces dope. of chicken and lots of musicians like running around. So we get there. Me, Tara, finally being in my sixth year of not eating meat, packs my own lunch. So smart. I, smart bitch. The smartest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Because I knew it was going to be all turkey legs and beer. Oh, for sure. So we go and it is magical. But it is less magical than if I had been on mushrooms. Um, Wait, you weren't on mushrooms? I did not end up doing mushrooms. No one did mushrooms. We didn't bring any drugs. Well, what was the point of going? (laughs) Because obviously the mushrooms were like the magic sparkle you needed. I don't think that they realized that. Oh, no. So it was really wonderful. I had a great time. We went with um, Kim, who you met, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and she was big into it. So that made me feel very much like I was big into it. It did have the horror show that is any festival which is a porty potty bathroom that is very full classic and then you are like i have to go to the bathroom i'm either gonna pass out and pee or i can pee on this pile yep um you pee on the pile and then you pee on the pile which by the way yes the other night i went into you know the normal porta potties Mm -hmm. i went into one that's like handicap accessible it's like the fucking Taj Mahal of <gasps> porta potties. It's huge. I'm like, you could pay rent as like in a little apartment and like a studio and live there. Mm-hmm. You could have a roommate. The best experience of my life. If you're not cutting anyone off in line, choose that porta potty. That is so smart. It's so big. How big? Like as big as this table? Like slightly bigger than this table. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because that's one of the worst parts about porta potty is that they are quite small. And then you're like, exactly. I don't know what that stain is. And it's, it's pee. almost on my arm. Yeah, it's ah. always pee. It's never anything else except pee. Ugh, God, so gross. I know. But anyways, continue. So my favorite part was not the porta potty. Was not the porta potty, but I did love the jousting. Oh, there was jousting. There was jousting. Okay. Um, everything was sort of like that that awkward, poorly mic'd theater situation. Ooh, love where that. Like love that. In each corner, people were playing characters and such. Yeah. And the joust was no different. Where like at the end of it, like a fight broke out, and there was like fake. And big swords. Ooh, okay. And then also there was tons of shopping. 
And like my favorite booth, besides like the very aggressive candle booth, yeah, was there was this couple who made like these huge, like ridiculous suits of armor that were like fucking demonic as shit looking, like demon dragon suits of armor. And they were both dressed in them. And then they had their baby who was dressed as a little teddy bear and was having just such a good time with all these fucking nerds who all bought swords that day. Two Um, questions. Okay. Were there any hot nights? I did not realize. I'm not a huge horse person. Oh, no. I mean, the podcast is not. I did not realize how attractive a person can look, though, whilst riding a horse. There is like a power dynamic there where I was like, Hmm. This unlocked you're, you're something. Like, oh, are you tall? <laughs> that must be it. Oh, is okay. He, what is are he, you, eight feet? Oh, Hi. Is he hot or is he just on a horse? He's just on a horse. What's Always. your other question? The other question, what did you wear? Well, I didn't have anything. So I did wear a, um, just like a very cute outfit, but they had flower crowns there. So then okay. I bought a flower crown. Did you wear the outfit from your birthday last year? What that could have worked really well. The oh well it was like so in, thing. in the morning yes that would have been wonderful that's extremely smart I should have done that but also <laughs> it was like 68 where it was like really hot in the sun but really cold in the shade yeah so I did like a, a layer situation where I like took off layers and put them back on throughout the whole day very smart yeah thought ahead mm-hmm. thought ahead with the lunch mm-hmm. thought ahead with the wardrobe balls of water I brought Pepto-Bismol Boom. I brought ibuprofen Boom. I was like oh you're hungover here you go Boom. Killing it. Yeah. So I would say I probably don't have to go again, but if other people wanted to go, I would fucking slam that lunch. I would fucking crush the the whole situation once again. It also just seems like take drugs. That is another situation. Yeah, just take drugs and go. I wonder if it would have been too stimulating, though. It's a lot of people. It is a lot of people. There's a lot of standing. Mm-hmm. That was hard. I think I would should have worn better shoes. There wasn't, like, any grass where you could just, like collapse or anything no and here's the situation it got like progressively muddier but oh. it wasn't raining weird and i was like just like foot traction I maybe guess. i was worried i was like is this runoff from the porta potties well that's disgusting i hope that's not it i really hope not <laughs> i'm like are we in a woodstock 99 situation people like, just like gave up they were like there's no porta potties in the renaissance yeah and you're just like in the woods so it's like if you walk far enough away you really could just like Drop trial. And just do it. And do yeah. your business. Yeah. That makes sense. What an exciting experience. What a way to bring in October. I know, and right? all of October's magic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I love that for you. That's so much fun. And I think it also uh, sort of aptly translates to our episode today, which is on vampires, which are very renaissance, very medieval. Very goth. <laughs> Super goth. <laughs> Extremely goth extremely gone you have done no research i've done no research but you do know what vampires are i want to suck your yes. yeah that so what are some uh sort of pre uh cognitions dispositions about vampires that you're bringing to the table transforming into bats very yep. dope very mm-hmm. dope very cool we got the sleeping to, during the day coming out at night mm-hmm, mm-hmm. attacking innocent women <gasps> Oh, no. You know, that kind of thing. What else do we got from vampires? Cemeteries. They like cemeteries, right? Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. a thing. Can they be? Oh, they don't see reflections. Mm -hmm. 
Can they be invisible? I don't know. I feel like there okay. is a Jackie Chan episode where there is a vampire and it does go invisible, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know if that's just like part of the mirror thing. <laughs> I didn't run into that in the research, but I do feel like vampires, they got many powers mm-hmm. that they have not even revealed to us yet. Mm. They're keeping some stuff on lock. Oh, shit. That's crazy. Okay. So- oh, in Transylvania. Oh. Okay, here we go. There we go. And that's a big one, which I will get into later. Ooh, okay. So, vampires. <laughs> vampires are a subsection of the undead. So think zombies, think like spirits and ghosts. Okay, great. That suck out the life force of a living creature. Not the... So notice I did say life force and not... Because... Here's the deal. So besides like fearing like garlic bread... Mm-hmm. Sucking, oh, I forgot about that one. Right? That's a good one. That's it's a, good a huge one. one. Mm-hmm. Sucking seemed to me like it would be like the main thing that vampires are all about. Yeah. They're, they're like hungry. Fucking freaks about it. Yeah. But if you think that represents like what, like life, vitality, um, passing out in health class, what vampires are really attracted to is our livingness, our natural life essence, because they can't make it on their own, which means they have to consume it from another source, namely you. Oh, no. Me? You specifically. Oh, no. And we're going to get more into that in a moment. Love it. One of my big questions was, what do vampires look like? How do we know that they're in our communities Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. we can't pick them out of a lineup? That's true. There are many different kinds of vampire-like creatures all over the world, but it seems like, for the most part, there are some guidelines. Number one, they are corpse-like. For about 70% of vampires and vampire-adjacent creatures... In order to become a vampire, you have to die. Your natural life is given up, and in turn, you are given a kind of cursed immortality. It's kind of like they're hazing. (laughs) To join the vamp sorority, (laughs) you gotta die first, bitch. (laughs) Goodbye. And then also, you do have to prank other vampires. Oh, for sure. And then you have to steal, like, the headmistress's underpants and hang it from the flagpole. Yeah. The Chinese Jiangshi... Jiangshi. ...is a corpse-like vampire that usually is portrayed with sickly green fuzzy skin as if it's covered in mold. (gasps) Gross. Which does show up in a Jackie Chan episode. That's scary. Which I looked into, and one of the things in the Jackie Chan episode was like, the vampire is blind, but if you breathe, it can like sense your breathing. And so the whole Jackie Chan episode, everyone was holding their breath. And so then, of course, I, baby Tara, I'm holding my breath. As you're watching the show. Yeah. And she passes out. (laughs) (laughs) Poof. And then there's the Slavic umpir, Upir. which most of our Western ideas of vampirism come from. And it is bloated and has a ruddy complexion as if filled with mm. Here's number two. Something is wrong with their mouth. Oh, weird. Okay. We all know about fangs, but have you heard about proboscises? No. The Filipino Mananagal Mananangal. is a vampire-like creature with a long proboscis-like tongue that wiggly worms its way into your house in search of a pregnant person. What? Why? To get a hold of that sweet, delectable fetus blood, sometimes sucking the entire baby out of the womb while the child bear sleeps. So this is how they explain miscarriages? I think so. That's crazy. Or like back in the day. Yeah. Speaking of the Mananagal, vampire creatures tend to transform, but not always in ways that you think. The Malaysian Penangalan, Penangalan, sorry, and the Japanese Nukekubi will detach their fanged heads from their bodies, sprout wings from their ears, from their ears, and fly off to seek again pregnant women, which I guess are extremely attractive because they're making new life, and maybe that's like 
the fucking honey mead of life essence. Yeah. Not like pregnant women need to like worry about anything else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, vampires coming in, like sticking their tongues in through their house and shit. Yeah. They're like, I have to off fucking... with like gold bat heads. <laughs> oh no. Wild. It's like, I have fucking have to pee all the time. And now you're telling me that a fucking creepy ass demon cherub is trying to come into my house? That's fucking rude. Lock them doors. And then, of course, there's the classic shape-shifting vampire. Just like Alicia said, we've got bats. We've got hot ladies. Hot ladies. Rats. Apparently, fireflies. Well, and then black dogs. What? Fireflies? I know. They're so innocent. And They're little. Extremely romantic. Yeah. And Watch they'll just out. kill you. Yeah, be, be Like most things. <laughs> Happy October. Happy October. I've written here, where do vampires come from, mommy? Well, let me tell you. Usually we think of vampires as having the same reproductive requirements as werewolves and zombies. You gotta get chomped before you can do some chomping. Ooh. But in folklore, there are a lot of different ways to become vampires. One of the big ones is people who experience a tragic death or a tragic life can return from the dead as a hungry spirit. Ghost rules. Ghost rules. Okay. It is because they are a subsection of the undead. Mm. And so these kind of things, they tend to over cultures like overlap with one another. You got committing suicide, being murdered, doing the murdering, people who struggle with alcoholism and people who are buried improperly. Here's some other weird vampire facts. Go for it. Vampires can't cross running water. This is likely because in European folklore, water was cleaner, less likely to harbor disease, and therefore was considered holy. And if you view vampirism as a cursed disease of some kind, which we're going to get into later again, Mm -hmm. the purity of running water should repel them. Mm. Number two, vampires have to be invited into your home. There's a lot of folklore surrounding thresholds. Some sources say that by making a place your home, you imbue it with a natural holiness. That by making a place your home, you create a relationship with the spirits that already exist there, and those house spirits keep vampires at bay. There's also the idea that as an undead spirit that has rejected crossing into the spirit realm, all thresholds become difficult for them to cross. Ah, I guess that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like you fucked up once, you fucked up forever. Hades is like, oh, you don't want to come into my house? Get ready going into no houses. No houses. Wait, but how's that tongue going in? The tongue would come through the cracks in the edges of your house and appear as if it were like a cobweb or a spider web, <gasps> like flowing in the wind. But guess what? No, actually, it is a tongue. Ew. Ugh. And then it just like, pop. Yeah, I don't know. Gets if it you like, like frog rules, like boom. <laughs> I, I def- gotcha, fly. Boom. I had definitely imagined boom. it like. More slithery. Yeah, like almost like a scent through the air in like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. But I'd much prefer (laughs) the the little bullfrog I have. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Baby, baby, baby. Oh my God, that's so funny. (laughs) Vampires are afraid of garlic. And I'm going to quote from the National Geographic. (laughs) The most reputable source. Extremely. Spanish neurologist Dr. Juan Gomez Alonso made a correlation between reports of rabies outbreaks in and around the Balkans in the early 1700s and the vampire epidemics that erupted shortly thereafter. Wolves and bats, if rabid, have the same snarling, slobbering look about them that folklore ascribed to vampires, as would a human being suffering from rabies. Mm. Various other symptoms support the rabies-vampire link, Namely, Dr. Gomez Alonso found that nearly 25% of rabid men have a tendency to bite other people. 
Only men. I don't <laughs> know if there are a lot of other. I'm like, I. what was the demographic? Like, how did we collect this? It's toxic masculinity coming out in the form of rabies. And you just got to bite someone. That's it. So here's the garlic angle. Okay. Infected people display a hypersensitivity response to any pronounced olfactory stimulation, which is fucking nasty smells, just like pregnant women, which would naturally include the extremely pungent smell of garlic. This is wild. Isn't it? This is crazy. So if you don't want a rabid person to bite you, Mm -hmm. you just give them garlic. Yeah, you wear it. You ward them off. The power of garlic compels you. That could be like a fun superhero. Garlic woman. Garlic woman. Oh, I like that. She starts off as a garlic Garlic farmer. girl. Garlic girl. <laughs> What's that smell? What's that smell? It's garlic. <laughs> she comes in. She's got big sacks of garlic. But she's also ready. she's really strong. So maybe she swings them. Oh, yeah. And then it goes bop. Mm-hmm. Hits the enemies. Mm-hmm. Hits the rabid men. The enemy of rabid men everywhere. Garlic girl. (laughs) Saving the world. One clove at a time. (laughs) Oh my God. And her secret identity is always at risk because she fucking smells. (laughs) (laughs) She sits on the train and people move away from her. Like, ooh, okay. Oh no. Who's this bitch thinks she is, girl or girl? Oh, please, go shower. All right. As Alicia mentioned before, vampires can't see themselves in mirrors. Now, mirrors used to be constructed by laying out a thin layer of silver. And silver was believed to be one of the purest metals, remember, from our alchemy episode. Which is perfect for repelling infectious, diabolical entities like vampires. There's nothing pure for them to reflect back so the vampires wouldn't show up in the mirrors at all. I see. I was wondering if it was going to become one of those like ghost situations. Remember how we talked on haunted objects of the people being stuck in the mirror? Yes, yes. As like (laughs) each mirror is occupied by a ghost. So a vampire tries to look and they're like, no, 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 no. This is mine. (laughs) This is my mirror. I do not invite you in. No, no, no. And so, but the, the silver thing's very interesting. Well, here, I have another theory. Oh, shit. Okay. Which, so this makes sense to me for vampires can't be photographed because we used to use light sensitive silver salt gelatin Mm. to take photos. So if it's got silver in it, that would make sense that like when you took a photo, there's nothing for that silver to reflect back. So question, on my Apple phone, Mm -hmm. can I take a picture of a vampire now? Hold on. Is there silver? Is there silver in iPhone? Here we go. A typical iPhone is estimated to house around 0.34 grams of silver. Oh, fuck. We're not taking pictures of vampire stuff. None of it. What about, okay, Kodak cameras, the disposable ones. Hold on. (laughs) This is the information the people need to know. Yeah, they were like, can you tell me how to summon a vampire? And I'm like, no, listen, let me tell you. Summon? These people are crazy. Kodak starts with silver bullion. Oh, my God. Which comes in bars weighing about 75 pounds each. It's in the emulsion. Oh, my God. So, like, maybe you're, yeah, it's like once it goes onto the film itself, there's no way for it to. (gasps) 
reflect oh that's so interesting okay but who was the original vampire that started this whole monster mash dracula dracula count chocula count chocula get closer nosferatu closer closer are you sure who else is there uh edward Cullen. no he's from like the 20s so it's a little hard to pin down it could have originated from the Indus River Valley civilization, which some sources say did have vampire worshiping cults, which I think that if we kind of unpack that a little bit, it seems far more likely to me that there were, quote, cults that worshiped through the sacrifice of human blood specifically. So it really kind of depends how you look at this, because then it's like, could the Aztecs have been seen as a vampire worshiping cult? Like, how do we kind of differentiate between like, God that does like human blood and God that demands sacrifice. So is it all about the sacrifice leading the thing that's sacrificed into immortality? Is that part of the that cult the, idea? I that guess? the thing that dies becomes immortal? Yeah. It like lives forever, you know. Mm-mm, no, it's like No, feeding. she's like, no. <laughs> no, it's like, well, no, in sacrifice, it's like you are uplifting this. That's what we learned from our sacrifice mm. episode, is that you are like elevating this to create a sacred object. Okay. But with the blood cults, it's my understanding that it was like a tribute to the entities that they oh, were I worshiping. See. A snack. Oh, yeah. Here's a snack. Hey, That's guess fine. what? It's lunchtime. It's lunchtime. You want to go to the Panera <laughs> bled? But um, there is the fictional Greek myth Ambrojo, which originates from the scriptures of Delphi, which has pretty much been accepted as like a Mark Hoffman style historical. <laughs> inaccuracy okay love it let's go a history two channel sort of thing yes ancient aliens yes but the story goes that ambrosio was an italian traveler who always dreamed of going to the oracle of delphi to have his fortune told be like i've always wanted to hear how i'm gonna be super great and have a great life love that he gets there oh no and the oracle was basically like the moon the blood the the horror all around me and he was like, oh, oh, no. Oh, cool. What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. So Ambrojo, he is confused and he decides, OK, I'm going to sit and wait outside and I'll catch the oracle on her way out or whatever. Yeah. Um, and ask maybe for some clarification. Yeah, it's a little vague right now. And he ends up meeting. He He's there until morning because mm-hmm. the oracle is oracling. Yeah. All night. They got to do that. And he meets a girl named Celine, which when you know it, he does fall in love. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, did you just gesture towards the sky where oh, perhaps the moon is? I may have. Oh. Now, he falls in love with Celine, and Apollo is furious. Ugh. But she's hot. How? What are you going to do about it? Gonna, she's a goddess. Come on. And Apollo curses Ambrosio uh, to have the sun rays burn him. <laughs> That's fucking rude. So Ambrosio crawls into a cave down to Hades and explains to Hades Help, I can't go outside because Apollo has made it so that my skin turns into sizzly bacon whenever I'm outside. And Hades is like, all right, I'll fix you up if you get me Artemis's silver bow, Apollo's sister. Mm-hmm. As collateral, why don't you just trade me something small, something little, like maybe your soul? So Ambrosia goes out and he starts killing swans as offerings to Artemis because she is the goddess of the hunt. Mm-hmm. But what he ends up doing is he steals the from the swans and starts writing poetry to Selena to leave for her. Oh, my God. Right? What a romantic. Extremely. What would you get? Actually, you would just throw up. I, the wrong I was like, what if Mike sent you a poem and it's like, oh, 
And I was like, you would actually pass out. I would pass out and pass away. <laughs> Eventually. My stall would be gone to yeah. Eventually, Ambrojo gets a hold of Artemis's silver bow. And he's running. Mm-hmm. He's running to give it to Hades. Because he's like, I'm so ready to be able to get a fucking tan again. Yeah. I'm sickly and pale. And Artemis is like, oh, excuse me? Catches him and curses him to be unable to touch silver ever again. So you can't take my bow ever again. <gasps> and Brojo, he fucking starts crying, this baby. He he's starts, had a hard time, though. I bet this happened in like a week, too. Yeah. He's like, I've had just a really rough week. Like, I'm going through my Saturn return. Like, I don't know. There's a girl I really, really like. Yeah. And I don't even know if she notices me. And he explains to Artemis what has happened to him. And she takes pity on him. Because she is sort of a, sometimes a feeling person. Yeah. She gifts him with the strength and hunting skills of a god and long fangs for sucking to continue to write his poetry to Celine. Stop. Right? This is so romantic. I'm going to steal Scratch. If only Marcel would do this for me. Now, Artemis is the god of virginity. So she says, if you're going to be like my creepy nightmare ward, (laughs) you have to do as I do. And so you do have to give up like, you know, taking Celine in the flesh. Mm, Sexual urges. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That means that you really are a powerful man if you don't give the big cummies to your girlfriend. That's true. And so what Artemis ends up doing is she takes Selene and puts her on the moon. And she becomes a goddess of moonlight. Love that. And this whole idea of her being the goddess of moonlight is that this moonlight is meant to watch over and bless Ambrojo and his vampiric children of the night. She, like, watches over them. She's like, oh, my, my boyfriend and his many creepy nightmare children. Oh, how I love thee. So that's his story. That's the most fucked up thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that's crazy. I don't know why they didn't teach this in seventh grade Latin class. Like exactly. this was a ama- this is like why you sign up to learn Latin, you know? Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. the fuck was that? And then of course there is Vlad the Impaler, which is Bram Stoker's supposed inspiration for Dracula. And this sounds like a great Vaults of the Obscure episode um, because we are always talking about the Ottoman Empire and this dude hates the Ottoman Empire <laughs> so much that just it seems like a, a perfect Vlad the Impaler mm-hmm. oof and he is got quite the facial hair oh if you've ever seen a picture of him no all right so now we're going to get into some history of the Eastern European vampire panic because shit really went off in the 1700s shit hit the fan I watched this show called Ancient Mysteries, Vampire Origins, which was hosted by Leonard Nimoy, of all people. Oh, okay. Interesting. While it has the worst musical score of any documentary, it's literally a man on the low end of the piano just going bum, 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 for 45 minutes. For the tension. Exactly. It's just growing and growing. Just building tension. But it was still extremely interesting. So we talked a little bit about the witch trials and the lycanthropy trials in Western Europe. But here's the deal. Like, once you get on the other side of the Alps, shit gets, like, a little weird. Ooh, it's like the upside down. It is. It's like the the Nega version. Ooh. In the 1700s in Eastern Europe and Western Russia, people were starting to get really suspicious of their dead relatives, which seemed to be a running theme when unexplained happenings happen. I just don't trust them. They've been dead for a while. What are they up to? Exactly, yeah. There was no germ theory or ideas of, like, disease radius. And when one person would die, perhaps a, key word, 
tuberculosis. Mm. It was not uncommon for their entire family to pass on right after them because people were not, you know, they they hold their their consumed daughter as she passes away. Like, you know, they don't wash everything. Yeah, they don't wash their hands afterwards. Or their fucking faces. Yeah. So these suspicious little slavs would tiptoe out to graveyards, Scooby-Doo style, and dig up their recently dead sister, or uncle, or nana, and much to their surprise, their bodies would be undecayed. <gasps> what does that mean? As if they had just been buried a day ago. What's happening? Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> the only logical answer is that your nana is a vampire, and we gotta shut this shit down before she destroys our entire village. If nana were a vampire, though, like, think of how cute that'd be. Oh, like well, it depends on lady. nana. Yeah, I mean, if your nana's creepy looking. Ooh. Ooh. Your nana brings you cookies. Like, that's nice, mm-hmm. you know? That's cute. And when I say that this is a real problem, I mean that this was a huge problem in Serbia. And actually, in Serbia in 1732, 17 entire villages were obliterated by vampire attack over the course of just three months. What? So I'm going to tell you a story of one particular vampire in Uh Serbia during this time and then I'm going to tell you how they dealt with him and then I'm going to tell you some present day theories about it okay so let's do it let's do it here's the vampire it's Serbia it's 1732 and there's a war classic there's always a fucking war good excellent and Serbia has recently been absorbed by Austria during the most recent Ottoman Austrian conflict the land was absolutely devastated during these wars as land often is and Austria was like hell yeah we got the Serbs (laughs) I guess we gotta, like, fill it up with some Serbians because we killed all of them. Oh, well, that's fair. The Habsburg monarchy, the ones famous for the Habsburg jaw, invite a bunch of Austrians to move to Serbia. They're like, there's all this free land covered in blood. Come on over. Come on over, baby. (laughs) They give them land. They give them money. In exchange, they'll guard the borders of Serbia as sort of these militiamen. Okay, great. And a job. They gave him a job. Exactly. Love that. Now, Arnold Paula said, Oof, guten tag. Seems like a great idea for me. <laughs> and he goes. He's like, I'm going to go find, you know, my, uh, my California gold rush. I'm going to go find my riches. And he moves to a town called Metveda, Serbia. Now, Arnold is fresh out of the war. He's probably got some trauma. Mm-hmm. Got mm-hmm. some shell shock. Got some PTSD. True. And he, um, he tells people that while he was in Kosanovo fighting for the Austrian monarchy, that he was plagued by vampires. Well, that's not good. I feel like you shouldn't tell people this. Uh, yeah, I think maybe write that in a diary, then bury that diary. Yeah, you keep that to yourself. Yourself and your therapist. He said the cure was that he ate the dirt of the vampire's grave and then smeared himself in the vampire's blood, which seems like something a vampire would do. Yeah, it seems very suspicious. Mm, that's what the Serbians also thought. I, I would agree with them in this case. A few years later, Arnot was um, in an accident. An accident? He was on um, what I imagine is like a fun Halloween haunted hayride. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then he fell off of that hayride and broke his neck. Oh, so he died? He did die. Oh, shit. Bye. And that's when the great dying began. Are not. Oh man, he cracked the glow stick of oh, no. of horror. <laughs> Villagers in Metveda started reporting that Arnot was visiting them in the night, and then days later, those people would die. <gasps> 
Authorities in Medveda dug up Arnott's grave 40 days after his burial and found his body again undecayed. Yo. Skin smooth. Oh, man. F- fresh Botox. Exactly. <laughs> fresh in the grave. Eyes lifted. <laughs> Tits lifted. We look perky and dead. <laughs> his nails grown out and fresh. His body plump. Again, his cheeks rouged. His lips. Ooh, not his lips. His limbs flexible. And oh, his entire coffin was drenched in What? Exactly. What does that mean? How do you do that? Now, the Medveda authorities, which I assume is probably like a priest, some kind of <laughs> monopoly mayor, and maybe like a small group of dads. Yeah. And an exorcist. And an exorcist. <laughs> all go into a bar, are like, we got to put this vampire down. And they take a wooden stake and drive it through his heart. And when they did this, they all said, I'll not moaned a dying breath. <gasps> He was like, <gasps> he was like, he was like, oh, ouch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, ow. Okay. Now you think that that was the last of it. We handled the vampire. Is done. I would hope so. Isn't that how you killed them? But five years later, oh, no. Medveda oh. and the surrounding villages started losing 10 to 17 people at a time over six weeks. Boom, oh, boom, 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 boom. Bye. Oh, man. Goodbye. Some plague shit. And this was tied back to a 69-year-old Metvedian woman named Malika, who had eaten the meat of a sheep killed by Arnott and his squad of vampires. His vampires, if you will. <laughs> Thank you. I like that. I like that. Vampires. And that's when they were like, oh, no, we've got like 30 vampires on our hands because all of these people that have died have turned into more vampires. <gasps> no. Exactly. This is a problem. Now we have to fucking dig up and stake and burn all of these people. And some of these people are like babies and like toddlers, like little kids. Gotta get rid of them. Get them out of here. I think that the case of Arnott says a lot about how infectious, quote, infectious vampirism is. That it's like a thing that lingers in a host. Mm -hmm. And it can take years to manifest and has so much tied up in its proximity to a dead body. Now, the main method of vampire execution is a stake through the heart. And this is both practical, but it's also symbolic. Practically, our understanding of the human body in the 1700s placed an emphasis on the heart as a center of spiritual and physical life. So you take out the heart, you take out the vampire batteries. Okay, good. Done. Now, symbolically, when you stake a vampire in its grave, you're literally pinning it to the ground. And this was seen as a reunion of the undead with the grave solidifying its union to death. Wait, so you don't take the stake out? No, you stick that boy in there. If you take it out, the vampire batteries are back in. (laughs) He just has a bloody gash. Yeah. Oh, ouch. (laughs) Ow, that wasn't nice. Then the bodies are burned. And that means that, like, again, like 30 people were exhumed and then thrown on a pyre. Ooh. So here's the theories. Got it. Let's do it. Paul Bobber, who was a historian that was mentioned in the documentary, but I could not find on Google, so Leonard Nimoy might have made him up. Mm-hmm. But he really emphasized that before you judge the people in the Baltics at this time, you do have to understand that they are working with a different set of criteria for their reality. Like they were trying to make the most logical decision based on how their worldview was constructed. That makes sense. Okay, now disease. Tuberculosis has similar symptoms to a plague of vampirism. Consumption, as it was called, usually settled in the lungs, rotted away those lungs so that the person would get weaker and weaker, and it was worse at night. You know, like when vampires fucking come out. Mm. 
they I wonder cough. why. Is that like a lying down thing? It is a lying down thing. Oh, okay. Exactly. I see. They'd cough up. They'd complain that there was a weight on their chest. And day by day, they'd get paler and weaker. So it was as if you were watching your loved one literally have the life sucked out <gasps> of them. No. Then there's the whole problem of bodies not decomposing. The situation is that like decomposition above ground, very different from decomposition below ground, oh. especially when you put in a wooden box. Wow. And you tuck it away like a little uh, hope chest or like a, what is it, time capsule. I'll come back for you. Exactly. Yeah. People in the 1700s may not have universally known that corpses don't stay in rigor mortis indefinitely because when they're putting the bodies into the graves, they're stiff. Mm-hmm. And so they'd open them up and they'd be like, look at this fucking loosey-goosey, like Betty Spaghetti over here. <laughs> right? Like some fucking like gumbo shit. Yes. Yeah. If they cut off a corpse's head or oh, Gumby, them, Gumby. I know Gumbo's the food. Gumbo's, Gumbo's the-, the food. Okay, guys. Everyone was like, Gumbo? <laughs> All right, leave me alone. What kind of gumbo is she? Alicia, that's not gumbo. That's not gumbo. Sometimes they would cut off the heads, and of course they would stab them, and then they would see coming out of their bodies. And a lot of times they would also have like around their mouths, like around their ears. And something that happens, like of course, like coagulates and becomes mm-hmm. more solid. But when under certain certain circumstances, especially temperature and then also exposure to oxygen, that the can become liquefied again. So they'd see these corpses and be like, how is this happening? Like, they must still be alive. These are all very good questions, though. Yes. I get this. I get the confusion. Now, if they kill the vampire by putting pressure on the corpse, you know, like stabbing them in the chest, the corpse would groan, right? Because you're forcing air past the gulatus through a human, like a human whoopee cushion. So it's basically just a big fucking throat fart. It just farts. Yeah. It does. It literally does. And then bodies buried in shallow graves were likely to remain contagious, especially with something highly contagious like tuberculosis. Disposing of the bodies the way that they did with vampires, i.e. fucking burning the shit out of them, did actually stop the spread of disease. That's crazy. So it's like, oh, like this method works, but not for the reasons that you think. Yeah. And then finally, here's the big one. Okay. People were rising from the dead. What? Here's an instance. Constance Whitney. You fucking put this at the end? Famous undead person. Famous? Was buried whilst in a coma. Oh, they fucked up. And then later the caretaker, it's fucking Scooby Dude out there. Yeah. Opened up the coffin to retrieve a valuable ring. Oh, so caretaker. Yeah. My ass. Okay. And Constance woke up. <gasps> like, <gasps> Harold? How did she not die of like starvation? Because it was that night. They oh. buried her and then he was and like. And this fucking caretaker is like, oh, I saw that ring. Oh. That was a nice ring. Mm-hmm. Who got you that? Wow. And that's vampires. And that's fucking Constance Whitney. This <laughs> bitch. We need another. We need another. This is crazy. So I really do think we could do a part two. Like things that we didn't get into. Vampire cults. Vampire murders. Contemporary vampires. People that think they're vampires right now. Vampires in film and TV. And then what I do want to award. Mm-hmm. Listener question of the day. Okay. Vampires and the Byronic hero. Do you know about the Byronic hero? I don't know what that word is. So the Byronic hero is a, a storytelling archetype, which is of a moody, brooding, trauma-ridden character who is haunted by a dark secret. Oh. And like, I saw this come up in the Patreon and I was like, I have no idea what this is. And I started researching it and I was like, this is so fascinating. This is like 
I want to just fall into this rabbit hole. Is it like for stories that end in tragedy? Is it it's, either or? It's either or. It's basically okay. like there's this archetype of like the moody bad boy emo boy. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. Like the James Dean kind of thing? Like even like moodier. Even Not moody. Like they're kind of sexy. Okay. There's something sexy about them. But then there's okay. also like something, something kind of like, ugh. Ugh, you're... Uh, okay like uh Over like it. an edward cullen is like a bionic hero not a bionic i brian bionic i don't know i bionic i didn't hero. read the books you could tell me anything <laughs> so i would also i really want to point you guys towards the stuff you should know episode called how the new england vampire panics worked because this shit did not just stay in europe and when that sounds so scary exactly. that's so close to us it's literally like it happened in Connecticut. <gasps> of course it did. And so like what happened is basically like the German folklore, the uh, Eastern German folklore came with German uh, immigrants. Pilgrims. Pilgrims. German pilgrims. <laughs> German immigrants. <laughs> and a lot of them settled in New England because that's where you came in at this yeah, time. Yeah, that's the port. You know, you just got to go to the port. And you would think that they're like super religious, but actually Eastern... Europe is like kind of a different kind of religious where like so much of it is mixed with superstition mm. and like people really genuinely were like vampires are real and they want to kill us and drink our that's not good this is not like you know some kind of metaphor yeah yeah vampires got any more questions got any ideas got any closing thoughts I just I like the contagiousness of it all and it feels very like COVID-19, minus mm-hmm. that we just didn't set everyone on fire. Mm-hmm. We basically did, but... Yeah, well, we set the We metaphorically people. set the world on fire, but that's a little different. I fucking love it. Dude, great job. Thank you. Great job. I feel like I've learned a lot, and a lot of it's pretty fucking gross. Yeah, it's really gross. Yeah. Not a great time. They also talked about in the documentary, um, one of the people that they interviewed was like, oh, I was in Transylvania and in like, 80s or 90s and I happened upon like a funeral procession and they were talking about like this young girl who had passed away from suicide like 16 year old girl Mm -hmm. and like they had the funeral he like followed them for some reason probably because he's goth followed (laughs) him and like watched this funeral happen and then like clockwork 30 minutes later it's like everybody leaves and then the family comes back digs her up stakes her (gasps) and then puts the dirt back on because like that thinking is was still prevalent even as late as like the 1990s. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, just in case. It is. It just is. in case. She's already dead. So let's just ensure she's exactly. dead. Stay in her. Who did it? Who did that? That's what I want to know. Like, like, is it the dad? Like, is, is it, it like the mom? Yeah. Just like, not my daughter. Boom. <laughs> Steak and chest. Mm hmm. Yeah, what are like the the expectations? Like, what yeah. are the guidelines for that? And they had a whole thing about like vampire hunters, which just like witchcraft hunters, very similar setup, but they came with like a box, a they kit, sh- a toolkit, a, a kit, <laughs> where it was like, here's your holy water, here's your, like your cross, like here's all your your particular kind of knives, like the knives have silver on them. They're hired, and you also have to pay for their kit fee. Exactly. <laughs> it's uh fifty dollars extra. <laughs> Okay, well, it's now time for Witches in the News. Alicia descends upon us. She brings out her notes. Boom. She moves up her glasses. Tapa, my sunglasses. Yeah. 
It's time just- to rock. <laughs> the news. We've got ghost sightings in Lancaster, which I'm assuming is the UK. I think so. I think so. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I didn't look that up. It's Missouri. <laughs> it is rumored that hauntings have recently occurred at the site of one of the most infamous witchcraft sagas in the world at the macabre hillside of Pindle, otherwise known as Pindle Hill. Ooh. Pindle Hill was the center of notorious allegations of murder by witchcraft in 1612 against 12 people, which led to 10 of them being hung in Lancaster. Oh, my God. Witchcraft shit. A ghost tour called, okay, this is cute, Haunted Happenings. Hi, we're Haunted Happenings. We have ghost tours. Come join us. Has said that they have picked up on other ghosts at the spooky site, including, you know, those who died from the witchcraft and children, airmen whose planes were bombed and just like dropped in like the area during the war, during, you know, one of the many hundreds of wars by now, and a number of other people who have sadly died on the hill. This hill. This hill is not a good hill. It's macabre. It is. It is a very macabre hill. Many locals even still refuse to go to the hill after dark just due to these terrifying sightings, and they're like, I don't want to die. Yeah, this seems smart. I'm not, I'm not risking it. It's not for me. According to Haunted Happenings, at one point during a terrifying Ouija board experiment, oh, no. which was being carried out at the bottom of Malkin Tower, so this like old home of two notorious witches on the hill, a random tooth landed on the Ouija board. A tooth. A tooth. A tooth. Like random, landed, poof, out of nowhere, just like dropped onto it terrifying i'm like looking around they said that they looked at the tooth and it belongs to like some kind of person 40 years of age like it's at least a 40 year old tooth and it's a human tooth it is a human tooth Uh, it's just like on the table what the fuck other bizarre things that have happened on pendle hill during the different like ghost excursions include mysterious shadows of figures and a sighting of an eerie dog shadow I'm very spooky. I don't fuck with shadows. No, no. That's fair. Shadows grab you. They take you to shadow world. You're out. So I don't know, guys. Don't go there. (laughs) Exactly. Haunted happenings. Give them money. Give them money. Go with them. Make sure you're safe. I wouldn't risk it with that tooth thing, but y'all can do what you want to do. The next story is about witchcraft allegations in Nepal. According to a statement that came out in Kathmandu on September 6th, the Nepal police has recorded a total of 61 cases of witchcraft accusations and torture across the country throughout 2020 and 2021. The year prior, there were only 34 cases registered, meaning that the witchcraft allegations in the past year rose by 79%. That's crazy. It is fucking crazy. Most of the victims, of course, were low-income women who were single and like sometimes differently abled. The Nepal police noted that the main reason for the prevalence of these allegations arise from superstition, illiteracy, social and economic disparity, and of course, lack of public awareness. Oh, God, that's like the saddest part. It's just like ignorance. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. It's fucking rude. As per Section 168 of Nepal's Criminal Code Act, the perpetrator of witchcraft-related violence shall be liable to a jail sentence of up to five years, along with a fine of up to 50,000 Nepalese rupees, which in USD, mm-hmm. about 400 bucks. Wait, wait, wait. 
But I think 50,000 Nepalese rubies is a lot there. Okay. Over here, it's kind of like, uh, it's fucking like a side parking ticket it, in New York City. Yes. Uh, the worst kind of side parking ticket you could get. You're like parked at a bus stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Just, you keep getting clocked each time. Exactly. Like you went into the Panera and you had a full lunch. Exactly. And you got six tickets in the meantime. All of the perpetrators from the 61 witchcraft cases in the last year have been booked for legal action. So hopefully these families will receive like money mm-hmm. and payment for the damage that has been caused to them. Yeah. Some kind yeah. of, you know closure and Mm -hmm. so sad it is so sad and our last little story very easy very nice magical witch movies you should just be watching during october oh yay so pure wow set out an article about 20 magical witch movies you need to stream and so i'm just telling you like the six you really gotta stream and then five i had never really like heard of or like watched and we'll talk about those ones so the six you gotta stream Hocus Pocus. Pocus. Pocahontas. Hocus Pocahontas. Hocus Pocus. What, what's that? The Hokey Pokey? Yep. And you turn yourself around? Mm-hmm. Famous witch movie. Hokey Pokey. <laughs> the Hokey Pokey. <laughs> the Hocus Pocus satire. The Hokey Pokey. The, the Hocus Pocus porn. <laughs> Hokey Actually, pokey. that would be a really good name for the porn. <laughs> yeah, right? Damn, we should make it. All right. <laughs> trademark, trademark. Don't take it, you guys. Um, Hocus Pocus on Disney Plus. <laughs> the Witches of Eastwick on Hulu, because we want that that hottie share. We want all that good stuff. The Craft, iconic, classic, moody. The Witch on Amazon Prime. The the very spooky The Witch. I, that one's definitely worth watching if you want to be like a little scared. It's creepy. It's fucking creepy. Uh, my cat's favorite movie, Mary and the Witch's Flower, which is on Hulu. Animated, adorable, about a witch, amazing. And of course, the classic Halloween Town on Disney+. Plus. Oh, nothing gets me more in the mood. Oh, it's so good. Like, these are the movies you should just be watching anyway. And here are five movies that I haven't seen. And thus, I don't know if y'all have seen. Because we all share the same experience as me, of course. <laughs> Eve's Bayou. Have you seen this movie? No, I've, I'm looking at this list. I don't know what any of this okay, is. Okay, great. So it's from 1997. When 10-year-old Eve catches her father cheating on her mother, she seeks revenge and decides to put a voodoo spell on him with the help of a fortune teller and witch. Starring Samuel L. Jackson and streaming on HBO Max. So the trailer looks like it could be good. It was so vague mm-hmm. where you're like, it could either be good or it's definitely not good yeah they're hiding it exactly but i think this would actually be like a really cool film just from like the little bit i saw and like the little like slug line i just read to you guys like if they made a remake of this and could have all of like the actual effects now yeah i think that could be like super spooky to combine like the voodoo with her getting revenge against like her own father Mm -hmm. very interesting i also love samuel jackson i know he's great Twitches, the 2005 Disney film, on their 21st birthday, identical twins, Alexandra and Cameron, learn that they're witches, and they learn that they're twins, and they have magical powers, powers, of course, that must be used to defeat an evil force known as the darkness. Oh my god, it's got Tia and Tamara in it? It's got Tia and Tamara Maori, streaming on Disney+. Plus. This was a Disney original. I have never seen it. I think, I don't think I've seen this. 
I think I've seen like commercials for this. I think I remember being like, oh, yeah. It's definitely from, I mean, it's 2005. So we're, we're getting there in technology, but you're watching it and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's got that like Halloween town kind yeah. of feel where you're like, okay, sure, sure, sure. The darkness. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> then we've got Bell, Book, and Candle, which is from 1958. Jillian, a store owner and secret witch, decides to add some excitement to her life by putting a spell on her attractive new neighbor, who also happens to be engaged. <gasps> Jillian, no. What could go wrong? So much, Jillian. So much, Jillian. So much could go wrong. And this is starring James Stewart, Kim Novak, and Jack Lemmon, streaming on Amazon Prime. So some very, like, big names for the time. Oh, wow. Black and white film. Like, you know, definitely want to see it. Because if anything, it kind of sets up the whole witchcraft media zeitgeist. Exactly. It's very cool. We've got Suspiria. So this is, I'm talking about the 2018 remake, but I heard that the original one is so much better. And this is, a dance student discovers that her prestigious academy is harboring a dark secret. One that involves a powerful coven of witches, starring Dakota Johnson and Tilda Swinton and streaming on Amazon Prime. And I gotta admit, I've seen most of this movie, but it was so boring. Oh no. That I stopped watching. Oh really? So someone should let me know if it's worth me finishing the last 30 minutes of this movie. Oh no, that is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It's a cool concept where you're like, they dance, and the dance is kind of the spell that mm-hmm. like destroys other people but it was just boring a lot of old old german politics in it too i was just like i i can't i mean tilta swinton's always scary but yeah that's just thing. baby bird woman exactly and the last film we have is season of the witch this is a 1972 film and it definitely looks like it is a 1972 <laughs> film <laughs> When Joan, a middle-aged housewife, meets her new neighbor, Marion, she discovers the newcomer is the leader of a secret witch's coven. But when Joan decides to get involved in the occult, her life takes a drastic turn. <gasps> this is kind of like pre... Is this pre-Satanic Panic? Yeah, it's pre-Satanic Right when panic. it's going to like... I bet like books are starting to come out like, watch out. For sure. And so this is starring Jan White, who interestingly, you're like, I've never heard of her. You haven't. She was only in four movies. And this is one of them. She doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. And yeah, she stars in this movie. Wow. So it's very interesting. And this is now streaming on Amazon Prime. And this has been Witches in the News. Yay! Yay! Thank you. Thank you. This was wonderful. It gave you a nice little break from talking. About about. about (laughs) Okay, now we're moving into our final segment, which is The Spell. Love it. Everyone's favorite section. Fucking adore it. So today we're going to talk about, very much on brand, warding off psychic vampires. Get them out of here. So this is a spell from spellsofmagic.com. I've edited it a little bit um, because some of the instructions were not as clear as I hoped that they would be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just don't want anybody to get hurt. Yeah, please don't. So do you know what psychic vampires are? They drain your energy. Mm Mm-hmm. Not your, but your Not energy, your blood, but and your it's energy. like people in the world that like you come away from it and you feel tired and exhausted and maybe irritable. Do you think psychic vampires realize they're psychic vampires? No. Oh, okay. Absolutely God, what a bummer. Not. I know, right? You're just like taking away people's energy, and no one knows, and no one's going to tell you. Kind of sucks. I, f- I feel like a part of being a psychic vampire 
is like if someone did tell you one you're bad at boundaries two you're bad at like reading people because you're not um considering other people's emotions usually yeah it's not always like I'm the weird girl and I exhaust people it's usually like I'm like an extremely uh unempathetic like frustrating um needy person in the Mm. worst kind of ways Mm -hmm. and I feel like an aspect of psychic vampires if someone did tell you hey like you're not good at respecting my boundaries and you treat me like this you would instead of being like oh I'm sorry like I will try to be better you're like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah you get defensive gotta hit up that therapy gotta do it you and the Serbs get over there (laughs) (laughs) the poor Serbs so here's what you're gonna need to ward off your psychic vampire you're gonna need two candles love it easy you're gonna need your favorite smelling incense Ooh, okay Preferably something in the cleansing warding category. Okay. Sea salt. Easy. Uh, your favorite type of oil. Oh, extra virgin olive oil? This literally mentioned, it's okay <laughs> to just use olive oil. I was like, okay. That is. I love throwing that on salads. It's so good. Warm water. Great. A cup that can take some heat because you're going to put it oh, okay, okay. into the cup. Not a melting cup. Yeah, not no. a plastic. No. Not the cup that you got at Disney World. Not the solo cup. No. And then if your altar is wood, maybe put down like a little sheet or like a coaster because we don't need to be getting like rings on your furniture. Oh, no. And then maybe a big metal lid or a cookie sheet um, in case things catch on fire. Um, We're going to be anointing the candles with oil and people have been doing this for centuries. But I would just say you should never be putting water on a grease or oil fire Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just in case you get a little too sloppy. It gets scary, you guys. It gets scary. I promise. So here's what you're going to need to do. You're going to cleanse and ground three deep breaths. <sighs> like that, but three times. Great. You're going to place the unlit candles on your altar. One in the upper right-hand corner. That's going to represent the God. Then you're going to take your other candle and place it in the upper left-hand corner. This one represents the goddess energy. Love it. Take your cup, put the sea salt in it. How much? I don't know. The recipe didn't say. Mmm. Pour the warm water over the salt. How much? I don't know. The recipe didn't say. <laughs> put that salty water in the middle of your altar. Then you're going to take your incense and put it at the base of your altar closest to you. Okay. Now take your oil, your extra virgin. My extra virgin, baby. And you're going to anoint the candle. So what you're doing is banishing and warding. You're going to start in the middle of the candle and work your way up, back to the middle, and then work your way down. Got it. So you're going to anoint each candle. This one said, uh, this recipe or this spell said to anoint every object. I don't know about anointing incense, so I'm not going to tell you to do it. If you know about it, uh, ask an adult for help. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You're going to light the candles, and then you're going to light your incense. I hope that you pick something mild, because it sounds like the smoke is going right up into your face. So (laughs) So make it something that you like, and not something you don't like. True. So here's the incantation. (gasps) Oh, you hate incantations. Oh, I hate incantations. But this is... You know, we got to say true to the... This is important. So it says, I ward off any and all negative energy in my home, work, school, and in my everyday life. No evil or negativity shall enter here or something like that. Okay. And you can choose, like, if you don't go to school, you don't have to say school. Yeah. Ew, gross. If you don't work, (laughs) don't say work. If you don't have a home. Whatever. Now picture a white light surrounding you. Got it. Once you feel entirely encased in this light, picture the white light enveloping your home and again, your work, your school, wherever you feel, you know, like this shady energy coming in. Mm -hmm. 
And then you're going to say these words when you feel ready. When you feel like you have taken that light and created a little hug around everywhere that you go. Psychic vampires who lurk in the night. Psychic vampires who try to destroy my life. Ugh, barf. Destroy no more of what I have achieved. Destroy no more of what I have received. Okay, Macbeth. Negativity (laughs) is not welcome. Evil as well is not welcome. Couldn't do a rhyme there, I guess. No. In me, around me, and around people I love. That's a beautiful way to end. Nice. Yeah. It didn't have to rhyme at the end. It didn't, no. No. So let the incense burn out. And if you picked little candles, which I hope that you did, you can let the candles burn out too. If you picked big candles, I don't know what to fucking tell you, man. (laughs) Yeah. You gotta wait. It's over for you. Yeah. You die here tonight. I mean, I guess just pick a little candle. Yeah. They're like, fuck. They're like halfway through it. (laughs) They're like, I already ordered these on Amazon. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, well. And that's it. And again, that was by spellsofmagic.com. Thank you, spellsofmagic.com, baby. Thank you for finding it. Oh, thank you for coming today to record. Of course. I'm doing the bare minimum. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm trying. I'm here. We have some other people to thank. We would like to thank our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, and Kevin McLeod for the music we use, baby. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Coming at you live. Live. I'd really like to thank anyone that's left a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you guys are listening. We don't do any advertising. We don't knock on doors. We don't. We should. We should canvas. <laughs> We should do more canvassing. You guys, really, it's October. This is our time to shine. Exactly, exactly. But the only way that people know about us is via you telling them, mm-hmm. hey, I think you might like this show, or finding us through these podcast streaming sites. And the only way that we get onto their feeds is by having regular and five-star reviews. So I just want to thank anyone that's done that recently. If you want to find me, Alicia, I'm on Instagram at Alicia Period Herder. If they want to find you, Tara, I'm on Instagram at her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. And then, of course, underscore little moss, which is my private Instagram. I just see if you are following Alicia or the podcast. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram at which yes. We're the only at which yes. We're the best at which yes. Not at which, uh, not which yes one. Not which yes one. Not which yes none. <laughs> not yet. Which, not yes which. Not yeah. yes which. Yeah, that's a different podcast. Not which please. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, share an episode in your stories, tag us, and we'll feature you on our stories. And if you don't like Instagram, you can always contact us via email at witchyespodcast at gmail.com or head over to that Facebook, the Witch Yes Facebook Coven, and then head over to our fucking Discord. Oh my God, Discord. Where the real witchcraft happens. Exactly. Yeah. This is the community you have been looking for. They are funny, they are smart, they are active. We have so many different channels, channels for sharing selfies, channels for asking questions, channels for venting. We also have a ton of bots where you can do tarot readings, Mm -hmm. uh, new moon readings, compliments. Yeah, you can do compliments. It's 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 so fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fucking fun. And then, of course, you can find us on Patreon. Uh, Two episodes a month. Boom. Not enough for you. Do you want two more? Hell yes. Because $5 Patreon, which is and above, are getting two extra episodes a month, which makes this a weekly podcast. Damn. I know. It's That's so crazy. That's so crazy. And here's the deal. Alicia and I, in December, we take a month off. We've done this for three years. Mm-hmm, we take mm-hmm. a holiday month off. We take a holiday. And so then, what? You're just not going to have any more with Jess? Because the Patreon continues to get episodes during our break. Oh, 
fuck. $10 and above witches get access to our close friends list and more. They heard me complaining about this episode. And then, of course, they get early access. They get to know what episodes are coming out next. And so we ask them, oh, what questions do you have about vampirism? Yep. And then they're like, listen, I need to know. Can I fuck a vampire? Can no. The my, answer is no. The answer is no. It's gross. It's undead. You're going to get some kind of okay, a disease. Okay, but what are the logistics of that? Like, can they not get an erection also if it's a lady are all bets just off they're just like not gonna come yeah listen i don't know what's up this could be further explored in a patreon episode i think do vampires fuck i don't know (laughs) i don't know and that means and because i said do vampires fuck that means that this has been which yes bye happy october